Hello, and welcome to Women to Women Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Hanks-Lawrence, and I'm excited you've decided to join this journey with me towards wellness. Women to Women is a space created to uplift, encourage, and motivate women on her journey towards wellness. Today, I have with me a special guest. Her name is Jessica Snyder. Jessica, say hello to our listening and viewing audience. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. I've invited Jessica on this platform because today we're going to have a discussion um, about faith and chronic illness, as well as to introduce the platform in which you have an organization called Partner in Lyme, and we'll talk more about that and bringing awareness to Lyme disease. So Jessica, tell me, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's Jessica? I am, well, first I'm a daughter of the Lord, and I'm a wife, and I'm a mom of two girls. And for the past 10 years, I've been a homeschool parent. My background's in education. I was an elementary school educator for a while and then had an opportunity to homeschool my own daughters. So I spent 10 years in that world. And then as a result of my daughter contracting Lyme disease, that took us on an unexpected journey for the past year that I never could have anticipated. Last year, about this time, you know, God was planting seeds in my heart about what direction he was going to lead me and my family in. We had been about, about eight months into our journey with Lyme disease. My oldest daughter, Grace, um, was diagnosed with Lyme disease after a journey to figure out what was wrong with her. She had suffered from concussion-like symptoms, um, light sensitivity, sound sensitivity, difficulty concentrating, difficulty reading, everything that mimicked classic textbook concussion symptoms, and she had been snowboarding the day that these symptoms came on. So we had bounced from doctor to doctor to doctor, trying to figure out why her migraines wouldn't subside. Finally, we discovered that it was Lyme disease. And so that kind of led me down this road of connecting with other parents in the Lyme community. And there's many, many groups on Facebook. And I belong to one that's an international group called Parents of Kids with Lyme. And someone was looking for a wheelchair. I happened to have a wheelchair that we no longer needed. Grace, thankfully, didn't need it to travel and walk long distances. So I had it. It was sitting in my house. And I said, oh, I wish you were local. I would give you mine. She said, where are you? I said, I'm in Connecticut. And she said, no way. I'm in Connecticut, too. So we were about a half hour from each other. So we met, had coffee. I gave her the wheelchair. We shared our stories. And we both realized that again, the power of relationships that people that are in a chronic illness situation can often feel like they're the only ones going through this. When in actuality, there's a lot of us and our stories with Lyme, while they may vary a little bit in what our symptoms look like, there's this commonality of feeling alone. And so when I gave her this wheelchair, I didn't expect anything in return. It was just sharing this. I wanted her to have it. It was a gift. And we started talking about how it would be so nice if we could share what we no longer need with somebody that's a little bit behind us in the journey that might need it. And so I said, there really needs to be a partnership. And so that's where the idea of partner in Lyme was born. I had no idea where it was going to go or how it was going to come to fruition. But I realized in that moment that a partnership between families, between companies that offer goods and services for those in the Lyme community. There had to be a way to bring them together so that we could help one another through whatever it is that they're experiencing in their Lyme journey. 
Wow. You know, that is amazing. I believe, and I'll say on all my recordings, that there's therapeutic value in shared stories. Um, the commonality, yes, is the chronic illness. However, just the journey, just sharing and empowering each other and just just building each other's strength. And out of that, now form this beautiful organization called Partner in Line. Isn't that amazing? Now tell us a little bit more about Partner in Line. Yeah, so Partner in Line, that was where the, the seeds were planted, but you know, they have to be watered in order to grow. So <laughs> I'm in the car and I'm talking to God and I said, okay, God, if you've given me this idea, remember I'm a teacher, I'm not in the nonprofit world. I don't know how to start a nonprofit. I don't know how to run a nonprofit. So you're going to have to provide people in my path to help me. So help me, God. So my sister-in-law said to me, oh, I know somebody that worked in setting up nonprofits through a tax advisor. So she said, call her. She didn't know the right person, but she put me in touch with the right person. And he said, I'd be happy to do that. At the time, my husband was laid off, second layoff in 18 months. My daughter has $5,000 in medical costs a month because we were paying for Cobra plus her line costs. And I thought, okay, I'll come up with a thousand dollars. So again, I'm talking to God. Okay, God, I need a thousand. So we had a sauna because when she got sick, everyone said, get a sauna, get a sauna. So we bought it. Turns out Grace hates the sauna. It's not good for her body. She never used it. I put it on Facebook marketplace where it sat for weeks. Not a half hour after I hung up with the tax advisor, Facebook Marketplace dings. Hi, is your sauna still available? Yes, it is. <laughs> Can I see it today? So sat on Marketplace for weeks. No crickets, just, just the sounds of crickets. Because <laughs> they came, they looked at the sauna on a Wednesday, put down the deposit to hold it, picked it up on a Friday. I met with the tax advisor on Saturday filed the paperwork for the incorporation that day. That was January 25th of 2020. Three months later, we received the 501c3 and we were born. So from the seed of a wheelchair being exchanged to the part that I had the incorporation papers in my hand was about six weeks. So I, I couldn't, it was just... God providing the right people at the right time and me just walking in, in obedience saying, I don't know what I'm doing, God, but I know you do. So you will make this happen. If this is in your will, I don't want this to be about me. I want it to be about you. So I humbly say I need help. And every step of the way help has been provided either in a person or in a blessing of finances or a blessing of, of someone offering their services to us because it's come together in a way that I've been able to educate myself very quickly on how to work in the nonprofit world, how to help people in our local community, but then to step outside our local community and build networks nationally and even internationally through the beauty of Zoom and Facebook. So even though we only financially assist people in our community, you know, I really want to share you know, God's love by doing Bible studies and prayer groups and by creating support groups that are open to all that if you need someone just to travel on this journey with you who understands the, the road you're walking down, there's a place for you here. So it's, it has been a remarkable year in the face of such hardships and trials. 
God has blessed this. Love the story. And I can testify to that because I've been had the opportunity to be a part of um, even the prayer group and the, the Facebook group that you have, as well as the Bible study group. And it's just amazing. I don't really have a personal connection with Lyme, so to speak, but um, just being on that group, just to be a part to even pray or to go into the word and just to strengthen someone with the word of God, because that's when our faith's tested too, right? in times of where are you? Why are you allowing this? If you are such a mighty God and you're such a healer, why am I then struggling with this? So, and I've been a part of that couple of the classes and it's just been amazing. You're doing an awesome job. Your leadership is, it's amazing. You're touching the lives of so many people that come on and just continue to do what you're doing. Now talk a little bit more. Uh, We'll go back into... Faith, well, let's talk about faith and chronic illness. Mm-hmm. What has that been like for you? And for some of the, the people that you have shared uh, different stories with um, and so on that, that we can disclose, what has that been like for you? You know, it's been interesting because I have different perspectives. I'm, while I have my own, you know, health things, um, they're not Lyme. So I can't say that I understand what it's like to live with Lyme. I can only say that I understand what it's like to live with someone with Lyme. I mean, I'm caring for someone with Lyme. I see how it has impacted my daughter and she's very open. So as I talk to you about my daughter, Grace, it's with her full permission. She's very open about her journey. So I know how hard it is and I know how much of a support system you need. And some people have that and a lot of people don't. So, you know, faith and our, our trust and our um, confidence, I think varies, you know, person to person, of course, by whatever, you know, your walk is with Jesus, but it's a tough disease and it takes a lot out of you emotionally and physically and even spiritually. So I am very grateful that, you know, my trust and confidence in God is so strong. Um, that I feel very comfortable talking to him and, and asking him like, like my Abba dad, you know, okay, dad, you know, what do you want from me? And I will, I will gladly receive it and I will walk in obedience with it. And so that helps me help other people because, you know, my daughter's, she's had her struggles with not understanding why healing takes so long. And for some people it can take a lifetime. It doesn't always look the same for different people. Some people, you know, they get bit, they have a rash, they take their two weeks of of doxycycline and it never bothers them again. Some people have the exact same situation. They have the rash, they take their two weeks and they're still struggling years later. So there's this hopelessness that can set in and it can really chip away at at your faith and at your trust. And I see that too frequently. And especially now, I don't know if it's a combination of, of the wear and tear of COVID, if it's the, the isolation that we've had to put ourselves in where we've lost some of our networks and our ability to comfort one another. I don't know if it's the, the financial implications of our world right now in the holiday season, which is stressful for many people. Right. But there's a general feeling of hopelessness. And yeah. I'm I'm reading it and I'm receiving it too frequently where people give up their hope 
or they're just giving up their trust and confidence that God's going to come through this. Like God doesn't, you know, Jesus tells us in this lifetime, we're going to have trials and we're going to have tribulations, but to take heart because he's overcome the world. For some people, the world has caused this, you know, something in nature has caused them such distress that, you know, it's, it's hard to maintain that, that trust that, you know, you're not walking this alone. You know, God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is, he's got you, he's got you in the palm of his hand. So, you know, through the prayer groups, through the Bible study, you know, I'm reaching out to people saying, you're not alone in this. You may feel like you're alone, but you're, you're not in this struggle by yourself. Not only is God with you, but there are people in this community, me being just one of them that really want to partner with you, that really want to pray with you, pray for you, pray over you and invite you into this community where, you know, other people are struggling with the same struggles so that you can share how you're feeling and and ask for prayer and receive prayer and just, you know, rest in that, that trust that if you're not in a place where your prayer life is really strong, that's okay because someone else is and their prayers will cover you. We know that not always the faith of the person who's afflicted. It's the faith of the person that's praying for them. Exactly. And so it's really important to me. It's become more important even than giving financial assistance to give hope assistance and to let people know that, you know, that there's, they're not alone in this. Yeah. And, and that's great. That is awesome. And again, that's why I commend you with what you're doing, just listening to the voice of God and listen to his directions and making yourself available for that because you are reaching, you are, you are making a difference in someone's life. You know, um, we know people who have reached out to you even near and far and have made decisions or were on a path to, to do something that was, you know, not the best choice. And just from being invited in the group or just talking with you have turned their life around and are living, if I could say that, right. And are now living instead of making other choices where they feel like, okay, this pain is too much for me to bear. And it seems like there's no hope. It seems like it is never going to end. And I can only handle what I can handle. And at this point, the capacity to, to endure more, it's over. It's, it's, it's at its, it's at its limit, it's at its peaking point. And so they decide to make certain decisions and to, and, but just having that moment to share and to open up and to encourage. Now they're saying, okay, I'm going to trust more. I'm going, because now I have someone else with me to take me along with that journey. And again, I commend you on what you're doing there. Now um, let's talk a little bit more in depth now about Lyme. And why is it that it's, it appears that there's not much research being done on this? Um, and just from being with you, I know there's not much funding, right? And just talk a little bit about that. Why is it that way? And what can we do? It's, there's a long history as to why it is the way it is. Lyme disease has been around for a very long time. The bacteria has been around for a very long time. It became prevalent in the 70s when a cluster in Lyme, Connecticut of children were experiencing arthritis-like symptoms and their mothers were taking them to doctors and they weren't really confident in the 
advice that they were getting, that this was juvenile arthritis because too many children were coming up with the same symptoms, receiving the same diagnosis, which you know, juvenile arthritis is not a typically common childhood disease. Right. So they became very persistent in their research and in their questioning and in their advocacy for their children. And they discovered that what these children actually all were suffering from was a tick-borne disease. And that's where the name Lyme disease came from. Since then, there's been a split in the medical community where some doctors feel that there is only an acute stage for Lyme. So you get bit by a tick, you have a current infection, you take your antibiotics, which kills the infection, and you're good. Mm -hmm. There's another group of doctors that believe that that's not quite the case. And, you know, yes, that, that may provide relief, but it's not really sufficient to, to radically eliminate this bacteria in your body. So you develop what we now call late stage or chronic Lyme. Mm -hmm. The first group of doctors feel that's just a syndrome. The second group of doctors feel it's an infection. It's chronic. It's systemic. Right. And so because the, the CDC sides with the first group of doctors, they're the ones that drive the treatment, which limits what the doctors can and can't do. So most doc, well, actually all your primary care doctors will give you is a two week antibiotic prescription. Wow. Yes. And so there's people, especially in those that have Lyme that don't even feel like two weeks is enough. You know, right. I, would advocate for more than two weeks if it happened to me or you know someone that I love, but you'll get two weeks and then you have to go find a doctor that will treat you for what you actually have, which is a systemic infection. They need to do that outside the guidelines of the CDC. They cannot charge insurance because insurance won't cover that because it's not the prescribed course it's 100% out of pocket testing, specialized testing to find out exactly what type of tick-borne illnesses you have starts at around $500 and goes up into the tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Your initial visit with a Lyme literate doctor. So the doctors that are outside of that traditional primary care umbrella can range anywhere from $500 to $1,500 out of pocket for your first visit. Okay. Then you have your follow-up visits, your herbs, your supplements, your co-pays, blood work. It is, it's astronomically expensive. It can bankrupt families. It causes families that I know to work two, three jobs, sell homes, refinance, set up GoFundMes. It's, it's a critical issue that we need to address in our society, actually in the world, because Lyme is in every country, every continent, except Antarctica. So <laughs> some don't right. believe it. Oh, you didn't travel to New England. You don't have Lyme or it does not in this country. It is, it's in every country. It's, it's, it's worldwide. I mean, we saw how COVID spreads. It's no difference. You know, birds carry these diseases. Rodents carry these diseases. Our dogs bring in these ticks. So it's, it's pervasive. It's everywhere and there's no escaping it. So we can try to prevent it. But if something happens, because prevention is very, very hard when you're out in nature, you have this disease and then you can't afford to treat it. So right. 
There are foundations. I'm not the only one doing this work. So there are other foundations and nonprofits that will help fund the treatment of Lyme disease. And some give, you know, substantial amounts of money. Um, some give up, you know, to $20,000 in order to fund this. And that's still not enough. I mean, my own family, I don't mind sharing. In our course of treatment, we're at about $25,000 out of pocket to treat Grace. And we've been blessed because, you know, some of our doctors have taken out the Lyme doctors, but we've gone to our regular doctors for help with certain things. And that's been covered in her blood work that's been covered. So we've, we've had a few blessings through this, but I've had people reach out to me with their cost of Lyme. And the most I've received so far is half a million dollars that someone has spent to try to heal themselves from Lyme and they're still not in remission. So there's no insurance coverage. Doctors are charging a lot of or a lot of money for treatment. And like you said, there's not enough research being done. Um, there is some, but it's not adequate for the numbers of people that are infected. Um, and again, it's very hard to get an actual count on current infections because the CDC, again, only really recognizes when you have that bullseye rash when you're acute. But the numbers that I've been calculating are about 300,000 people a year in the U.S. alone are infected with Lyme disease. Worldwide, it looks like it's up to over a million infected a year with Lyme disease. It's Did you say a year? Did you say a year? Every year. Wow. If this disease could just get half the attention. A lot of people in the Lyme community that have been waiting and waiting and waiting for their time and their attention and their research and their testing. And it's not there. We don't have good testing. We don't have, you know, really accurate, up-to-date research on this and it needs to change. And you are trying to make the change as best as you can. And every, every little step, each person contributing, each person doing their part as much as they can helps some way. Tell us about how partnering Lyme is helping. We give $1,000 to Connecticut residents that are in treatment for Lyme disease. And so we realize that $1,000 is not going to comprehensively treat Lyme disease, but what we wanna do is kind of give that hope. So when you are working jobs and when you're trying to you know, remortgage your house or sell certain things, you're focused primarily on the doctor, the herbs, the medications and the supplements the things that really could help improve your quality of life, like the wheelchairs, like the saunas for some people, the essential oils, a great juicer, all those things that will kind of build your wellness from the inside and help your immune system attack this disease just through health and wellness. They get pushed to the side because people can't afford that. That's right. just considered, you know, discretionary spending. So we give a thousand dollars and we let you spend that on anything that falls under the umbrella of, how are you going to heal yourself in body, mind, and spirit? So if you or your child needs the wheelchair, get the wheelchair. If you want a juicer, get the juicer. If you need a mobility device, I've even had someone before COVID, um, the very first person we assisted, their child was too sick to go to school. And they made that choice to withdraw her and homeschool her, but they had no curriculum because they didn't expect to be homeschooling parents. So they spent some of the money on getting her what she needed to start schooling at home. So we really, you know, we reach out and we let them know that here's a thousand dollars. 
I ask them to give receipts just to share with us what they're spending the money on, but thermometers, um, you know, therapy rebounders, like little mini trampolines that help move your lymph. Those are really helpful for people. They spend money on that. Um, like I said, essential oils, doctor's visits, special blood work. Um, it's, it's really amazing that this wow. money, you know, some people would say a thousand dollars, it's just not enough to treat. And we realize that, but it is enough to give somebody hope in that moment that they're not alone. Like our, our mission is to help someone carry the burden of Lyme. Like we want to help carry it. So in doing so, we, you know, we just, we share what we can. And when people donate, we turn around that money very quickly. Some foundations, because they're large, they'll do monthly or yearly applications. So you, you have to apply. And then if you're gifted that grant, you, they get it once a year, we get it once a month. So because it's lower increments, when we get our applications in and we're able to fund it, we turn that money right out to them because we know they need that thousand dollars immediately. It's not something they can wait 10 or 11 months for. They need it now. So we get it to them very quickly and God is good. Every single person that has applied this year has been given assistance. I'm really impressed with what you're doing. So question, let me ask you a little bit more for those who are listening. Are there any restrictions in your application in terms of, okay, because you are located here in Connecticut, does the person have to be Connecticut residents for yours in particular? So give us yeah. some information. Let's narrow it down now to our local audience, so to speak. So what are the restrictions or what are the requirements, I should say, to apply for it? And how does one apply? What, sure. what website we need to go on and all that stuff. Give us some information on that, please. Of course. My website is partnerinline.org. And there's a tab that says apply for assistance. And we've intentionally tried to keep our application process simple because we know that when you're dealing with all of this, the last thing you need or your family needs lengthy um, application process. So you do need to be a resident of Connecticut who's currently in treatment for Lyme disease. Okay. And that to be verified by a doctor's letter. So okay. they have to send partner in Lyme confirmation of your diagnosis. Um, just, you know, what you're in treatment for, it has to be dated this calendar year. Um, you need to show proof of residency. And then this can be done through email. Most of our applications are just email. So I ask for your story, you know, how did you contract this? Do you know what's your struggle been like? Um, because again, in sharing our stories, you know, we get to really make those connections and support one another. So I'm, I'm blessed to say that I've become friends with several of the people that we have given assistance to. And I like, feel like I'm supporting them long after they've cashed that check. So once yeah. that thousand dollars is spent, you know, I'm still there because I want to continue to, to know what's going on in your life. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know how I can pray for you. So every now and then I'll just touch in with them and say, how are you doing? You know, how's it going? What do you need? How can I just pray for you? Because right. I that's all part of carrying it too. We carry it financially, but I also want to carry it, you know, spiritually and emotionally and, and prayerfully for them. So it's, it's, you know, a fairly simple process, but the hardest part is, is really just getting the doctor to timely, you know, get that letter to me. And it's, mm -hmm. it is hard because we are very small that we did choose to keep it, you know, geographically centered mm -hmm. in Connecticut. And my goal for that was part of the, the reason for calling it partner in line is I wanted to build a local network so yeah. I can continue to offer um, 
the people that we give help to assistance, not only from us, but from local businesses that have goods and services that are catered for the health and wellness community. Right. So starting to build networks where I'm looking to get either discounted products for the people that we assist or, you know, things that are just donated. Um, and we've been really, we've been blessed so far. We have a company, Mosquito Joe Gold Coast, who offers the people that we help that are in their territory, which is lower Fairfield County, mm-hmm. a free mosquito and tick service. So we're wow. able to pass that on to those that we help. That is amazing. Partnering. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. My goal, again, this is, we're just coming on the close of our first year, but as we go into our second year is to really build more relationships like that. So if you're, uh, you know, if you have a spa or if you have, you know, if you're a naturopath and you have certain um, supplements that are your own product and you want to partner with us and either offer those free of charge or discounted or offer, you know, special days where your services are, are, you know, know, discounted. I really want to start partnering in our local community because all of our awardees are local and it helps our local businesses who need, you know, they need assistance too. Um, you know, it gets them out and it gives, it just builds that relationship between people that are in need and people that have things to give. And because I think there's a lot of opportunity for local small businesses, when you partner with a charitable organization, there's so many people that will rally behind you in doing that, especially in the millennial community. I've been oh, doing yeah. some- Oh yeah. <laughs> they, well, they're so brand loyal that they will intentionally seek out businesses that have charitable partnerships. So that's, you know, that's our future. That's where we're, where the direction we're heading in. And I'm excited about that because we live in a place where we have a lot of creative people here. We have a lot of, you know, little, small businesses that need support, but also want to help support other people. So it's about bringing those two things together. Together, right. So how, 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 how would I be able to contribute to partners in lines? Someone who's listening and they would like to be a part of that. They would like to help to fund in some way or to donate. Um, but we're not like a major business, but just want to mm-hmm. be a local person, you know, like, okay, all right, 10, 20, 50, whatever. How would the average person donate or contribute to this? We have several ways that you can become a supporter or a donor for Partner in Line. You can donate directly through our website. We have a donate button and it's done through PayPal. And you can do that in whatever increment you feel prayerfully led to. Um, And that's deeply, deeply appreciated by the people that we pass that on to. Uh, We do have limited amounts of a fundraising t-shirt that are also available on our website. My daughter is an artist. She designed this beautiful piece t-shirt. And I do have a small amount left but they are available for a suggested donation of $30. Um, We have an upcoming really exciting fundraiser because of COVID. We had to really reflect on how did we want to do a fundraiser? What was the most beneficial way to incorporate a lot of people around this cause? And so what we're doing, we've partnered with, again, the small businesses, but a lot of artists and we're hosting an event online called Art with Heart, where we have some beautiful pieces of art donated for auction. Um, we have other items under the umbrella of health and wellness that are going to be auctioned off on Saturday, January 23rd. 
and I'm going to be running a Facebook live event um, where I'm going to be showcasing what's available for auction, but also introducing our board, um, reading some testimonial letters from people that we have given assistance to, and then, you know, opening up this auction space for people to bring beautiful pieces of art into their homes or into their workplaces and support the work that we're doing and fund our second year in operation. That is amazing. Again, that will be January 23rd, right? Yeah. Yes. It coincides with our first anniversary. So yeah. we're that is awesome. And also there's another opportunity. Like if we, like me, I'm an I'm a Amazon regular. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about how we can also support and contribute to uh, Partner in Line through Amazon. Yes, thank you. Especially in the holiday season, we are an approved charity through Amazon Smile. So you can designate Partner in Lime as your, your charity. And when you shop through Amazon, we get a um, you know percentage of, every sale that's made through Amazon. And so in doing so, that's that's really very valuable because when someone, if you were to donate as a private donor, uh-huh. I want to tell you that that money is going directly into someone's hands that needs it. So yeah. when I get the Amazon or if I get a corporate sponsorship, that money goes towards paying the, the small overhead costs that we have. So when I get those Amazon smile checks, it's super exciting because that just means I can keep my pledge to give the donations 100% directly to the people that we're serving. Absolutely. Integrity with that as well. You can follow along our social media through Instagram and Facebook because I'm doing some um, little stories here and there, kind of building excitement. You know, when I pick up an art piece of art, I'm doing a story about that. I'm sharing who the artists are that have partnered with us. I'm not really sharing what their their piece of art is. I want to keep that a secret until the actual event, but I'm, I'm really I want to promote the artists as well because they're they're donating things that could bring them personal gain and then yeah. doing so they're really they're sharing that with us. They're giving us a piece of, of their heart, something that they've created to really benefit someone else that they'll never meet. So it's a very it, to me it's a big act of just generosity and of love. So on Facebook and Instagram, I'm really talking. I share three things on my Facebook and Instagram. You know what it's like to run a brand new nonprofit. Um, a little bit about our personal journey um, with the, again, with the permission of my daughter, I do share what it's like to live with Lyme and, you know, again, this fundraising that we're doing. So I'm really, you know, I'm excited to kind of share those three things with, with the followers that we have and the supporters that we have. And I'm really grateful for everyone that likes comments, shares, like those things really matter. People don't realize how much that matters, but every time I get a share means that someone really felt strongly enough about what we're yeah. doing, share it on their networks, which is why I'm so grateful that you invited me on to this. You know, when we share our stories and we, we empower people by sharing stories and we educate people, and especially with this, you know, we really could impact someone's health by letting them know, you know, that this is, this is everywhere. This is very widespread. This is needed. So, you know, when people have family members that have Lyme, you know, it's important for you to understand what they're going through because that to them is the biggest gift just to be educated, to understand, even if you can't understand exactly physically what it feels like, the fact that you're willing to partner with them in their journey through Lyme disease, that means the world to someone who's suffering with Lyme. And the, and the journey is different for everyone. Um, because I was startled when you said about Grace being in a wheelchair. I'm, I'm thinking of Grace. Grace is 
20, you know, and you think about in a wheelchair because of the pain, right? And I've heard other stories from other individuals um, with that same disease in different levels, different degrees. And it's, it's, you know, I'm glad you're bringing awareness to it. I'm glad you're part of a, even a larger community. Like you said, there are international groups and everyone else. So, but the fact that you're making a change even here locally, you know, I certainly appreciate you for that. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Continue to do what you're doing. And then what, where do you see Partner in Lyme next year in 2021? What are your hopes, your aspirations? Um, you know, maybe next time we meet again, you'll say, hey, we are now, you know, it's moved up now from 1,000. We're doing 2,000. We're, 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 we're doing 3,000. You know, what are your hopes for Partner in Lyme? Where do you see Partner in Lyme? How effective Partner in Lyme is going to be in the communities and in the lives of others? Mm, that's a great question. I really believe in helping as many people as possible for a long duration of time. So my goal, you know, is to be able to assist at least 15 people in 2021. Um, we assisted seven in 2020. So yeah, I need to make sure that that can happen. I need to raise the funds for that. Um, I really foresee our Bible study growing, that prayer community growing. Yes. Um, and I even see some leaders kind of rising up in that community that might be able to kind of take over some of the management of that. So as we grow, you know, it's, it's really exciting to me to see what directions God's going to take us in. I want to expand our networking. So if you're a local business, if you're listening to this or watching this and you're in Connecticut and you have something that would benefit someone who's healing from a chronic illness, I would love to partner with you. I'd love to talk with you about ways that we can connect. And if you're you know, a business that believes in the work that we're doing, like Mosquito Joe, Gold Coast, we have Cartridge World in Norwalk that provides all of our ink for our printing. So you know, businesses like that, that believe in the work that we're doing and want to help us carry the cost of what we're doing, I would love for that to grow as well. Because this is really, while it's a nonprofit, it's also my own personal ministry. So a lot of the work that I do, I self-fund it because I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So in order for this work to grow, eventually I'm going to turn that on, you know, over to some of the local businesses that would like to sponsor the work that we're doing. Now, Jessica, at the end of all my recordings, I usually have what I call a call to action. And um, when my guests are on, I give them that opportunity what would be your call to action for someone who's listening, whether you're speaking to a potential donor or someone who's struggling with their faith, someone who's struggling with the chronic illness itself, what would be your call to action today for any of those? Well, we are commanded to carry one another's burdens. And in doing so, we fulfill the will of Christ. So if you're listening to us, whether you have Lyme disease or not, whether you know somebody who has Lyme disease or whether this is the first time you've ever heard of Lyme disease, when you carry the burden for someone else, you are giving a gift that can't be quantified. You can't put a value on that. You're giving someone hope. You're giving someone a reason to thank God for the blessings that came from today. This yeah. 
even how hard today might have been, it gives you a reason to wake up tomorrow and to do it again. So my call to action is help us help others. And in doing so, you are carrying someone's burden. So when you donate to us and we are able then to pass your donation directly into the hands of someone that's struggling, you're not only fulfilling the will of Christ, it not only you are fulfilling the will of Christ and you're doing something that really makes you feel good. And right now we need to feel good. And when we we do. We need, we need to love one. Like I said in the beginning, love one another, love anyways, love better. So if you can love on someone that you don't know who has a disease that you may not understand or connect with, you are loving them, loving them anyways, and loving them better. And that would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to them. All right. Thank you so much. I- I hope you're listening, uh, everyone. If you know someone, if you don't, I mean, Google will also help you, right? To find out more information about Lyme disease. If not, you can just hop on over to Partner in Lyme. She's on every platform on Facebook, Instagram with the same name, as well as the website, partnerinlyme.org. And you can learn more about, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can certainly... uh, you know, looking to being a donor, uh, donate <laughs> uh, and, and, and um, be partner with Partner in Lyme. And if you are in Connecticut and you are aware of someone who may be struggling with this chronic illness or something that they're not quite sure about and understand that they have a financial burden, please reach out to Partner in Lyme and fill out an application and, you know, make that list. Hey, we're trying to get to 15 next year, right? <laughs> And that's not the cap. We're just saying at least, you know, that's the goal next year to to be able to be a blessing to at least 15 families um, of next year. And, you know, Jessica, I thank you so much for what you do. And I thank you for your obedience. I thank you for your leadership. I thank you for your commitment, not just to your daughter, but also to anyone who's dealing with this illness. Um, and just to how committed you are to bring an awareness, how committed you are to serve, how committed you are to give. Thank you so much. We definitely will be praying for Grace in her journey. And as always, you know, me from a personal standpoint, I'm there with you as much as I can do. And as much as I will be able to do, I'll continue to do. Thank you so much for coming and joining me today. There you are, ladies, to Woman to Woman podcast. And we're tuning out. Until next time. God bless. Love you. Thank you so much, Jessica. Have a wonderful day. You too.